Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Darren Shane, your announcer for this, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinniger, and the acolytes are Jack Goodman and Vanessa Minnie. Today's broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Bob and Barbara Steinberg and dedicated to the glory of God. All right, and before we continue with our worship this morning, we have just a few announcements. First of all, just a special thanks from me to all of you for all of the very kind cards and the well wishes upon the 12th anniversary of my 25th birthday. And um, see if you can do that math. No, um, but uh, sincerely thank you for that. Um, it was just a wonderful week, and I'm very, very thankful to all of you for that. Uh, next, this past week, I received a pretty awesome letter. It was from the president himself of Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska, telling me that our wonderful and beloved principal, Mrs. Amanda Menning, is eligible, officially eligible, to receive her call. And so uh, we are going to go ahead and do that in a voters meeting that is right after church. Um, uh, after, after church here today, there will be two items on the agenda. Number one, to extend the formal call to Amanda uh, as principal. And also there is an item that we need the kitchen flooring and the teacherage needs replaced. And so we will need to be voting on that as well. So that will happen shortly after the worship service here today. Uh, and so please... Be looking for that when we get there. Next, our mission festival is coming up on September the 10th. Pastor Tim Rossow with Lutherans in Africa will be here to preach on that Sunday and also to teach the adult Bible class. Uh, and there will be a potluck after church on that day too. Again, that's September the 10th, uh, so that we might hear and learn more about Pastor Rossow's mission for Lutherans in Africa. And again, that is the mission festival scheduled for September the 10th. And the Springfield Symphony on October the 14th, we mentioned this last week, but the Springfield Symphony will be playing a Reformation program uh, on October the 14th, and if we have 20 or more people who sign up, we qualify for a 20% discount. So if you would like to go to that, please call the church office, and we have a list going of names um, a few folks have already told us that they will be going and want to sign up, so please call the church office and we will put your name down on that list. And beginning also on September the 10th is our uh, class for new and prospective members beginning at 8.45. It is a six-week class taught by myself and we will be meeting in the small chapel uh, that is right outside here. Uh, to the left. And that's all of the pre-service announcements that I have, I believe. Let's make sure that I didn't miss any. Okay, let's open our, our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we again are so very thankful that you have called us here this morning. Lord, we thank you that today is Sunday, that today is the Lord's Day. Uh, Lord, it is the third day on which we remember and we celebrate on that day that you rose again from the
the dead. You did what you said that you would do. You fulfilled the promise that you said uh, that you had promised that you would do. And so, Lord, it is in that resurrection hope and in that resurrection spirit that we worship you here, that we receive your gifts of word and sacrament here. And we thank you, Lord, that it is by your Holy Spirit, again, that you have called us here, not by chance, not by accident, but, Lord, because you have wanted us here to to be here, to hear your word, and to receive it. And so, Lord, as as we pray every Sunday, give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our first hymn uh, is called Built on the Rock. It is number 645. We will sing verses 1 through 3 of that hymn. Pay particular attention to these verses because we will be referring to them in the sermon in a few moments. So Built on the Rock, number 645. stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But we will bless the Lord. As for me, I have set my king. I will tell of the decree. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. But we will bless the Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray. 
Almighty God, whom to know is everlasting life, grant us to know your Son, Jesus, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may boldly confess him to be the Christ, and steadfastly walk in the way that leads to life eternal. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, verses 1 through 6. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you, for he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion, he comforts all her waste places, and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near. My salvation has gone out, and my arm will judge the people, and the coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. This is the word of the Lord. At this time, it's uh, that moment for all of the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message with Mrs. Menning. Also, make sure to bring up your Mighty Mites for offering as well. How are you guys? I'm going to show you a few pictures this morning, okay? And I'm going to ask you what you think this is, but I want you to wait to tell me the answer until everyone's had a chance to see, okay? So here's picture number one. Can you see that? I don't know if you guys can see. So does anyone know what this is a picture of, Cordell? A cornerstone. That's right. What about this picture? What 
What do you think, MJ? What's that, what's that a picture of? That is some stone. Does anyone know where that's at? That is. That is our church. And this is a picture of the cornerstone of our school. I've got a few more pictures for you. Here's this one. Do you recognize those people? You know who those people are? Who do you think that is, McKinley? <laughs> you recognize this girl right here? She doesn't have her glasses on. That is me. Do I look different? I look a lot different, don't I? I'm probably seven in that picture. I've got my St. Louis Cardinals World Series shirt on. <laughs> How about this picture? You know this guy? This was when he graduated from preschool. How many of you know him? Keenan, who is that? That is Noah Carr. Does he look a lot different today than he does in this picture when he was graduating from preschool? Okay. How about this picture? Anyone know where this is at? I bet you guys, some of you would know where this is at. This is from Life Magazine, in the 1950s. Anybody know? Mackay, what does it say right here? It says Great American Churches, and what does it say right there? Freistat, Missouri. Is that what our church looks like right now? No. Okay, last picture. Recognize this? Do you guys know where that's from? Anyone have a guess where they think this is from? Where do you think, Carly? That's right, I went into the chapel and took this out of the chapel. Do you know what the picture's of? Nope. That is, that was the church that was here where this building is before this building was here. So today in pastor's message, he is going to be talking about a passage from Matthew where Jesus was talking to the disciples. And he told the disciples two things in his message. Number one is that Jesus is our cornerstone. You can't have a building without a cornerstone. The cornerstone is everything that you build the building on. And Jesus in our life is our cornerstone every single day. The second thing that he tells the church or that he tells his disciples is that things are going to change. We change in the way that we look, right? I don't look the same as I did in that picture where I was seven years old. Our church may change and look different, but he says that nothing will ever, ever, ever keep us from his love. Nothing will separate us from the love of Jesus. And isn't that a wonderful, awesome promise that we have? So let's fold our hands and we will pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for being our cornerstone and thank you for loving us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, have a great day.
The epistle lesson this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 11, verses 33 through chapter 12, verse 8. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, through many, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhort, exhortion, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is the word of our Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. This is the gospel of our Lord.
hymn of the day is Christ is our Cornerstone, number 912 in the Lutheran Service Book. Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from the Gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 16 that was just read. You want to have that out and in front of you because we'll be referring to it. Uh, in just a few moments. Our oldest son, MJ, I guess, I suppose one day when he gets older, he'll probably get tired of his, of his, of his dad mentioning him and his brother in, the, in his sermons. But until that time, he's going to serve as our example. He has, in this last couple of weeks or so, he has sort of gotten into that phase of he's asking a lot of questions, like, why is this? Why is that? Why is this? And just this last week, we were sitting outside in the backyard, and he starts looking around the yard and starts asking me all of these different things, like, why did God make the grass? And why did God make the fence? And why did God make the garage? And why did God make the house? And all of these different things. And I, some of them I had good answers for, and some of them I just, I didn't know what to tell him. It just, God made our house some because we needed to live in a house. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what else to tell you. And then he finally looked over at our church. And he said, Dad, why did God make the church? He can finally answer that question for my son. The dream, I'm sure, or one of the dreams, I'm sure, of every pastor for his child is to be able to have that child ask him questions like that, and then he gets to be able to respond. Dad, why did God make the church? 
Open your hymnals with me to the hymn that we sang at first, number 645, Built on the Rock. And I'm going to read the first three verses for us. Built on the rock, the church shall stand, even when steeples are falling. Crumbled have spires in every land, bells still are chiming and calling calling the young and the old to rest, but above all the souls distressed, looking for rest everlasting. Surely in temples made with hands, God the Most High is not dwelling. High above earth his temple stands, all earthly temples excelling. Yet he who dwells in heaven above chooses to live with us in love, making our bodies his temple. We are God's house of living stones, built for his own habitation. He, through baptismal grace, us owns, heirs of his wondrous salvation. Were we but two of his name to tell, that he would deign with us to dwell, with all his grace and his favor. In order to, to understand the meaning of this message, we need to have a proper understanding of just what Jesus is exactly saying in verse 18 of our text. So please go to that with me, verse 18 of Matthew chapter 16. Verse 18 says, uh, Peter has just got done making this tremendous confession about who Jesus is. Of course, this was not able to be done by Peter in and of himself. It was not revealed to Peter by anybody else. But Jesus says, only by my Father in heaven, Simon Peter, have you been able to make this confession. And Jesus says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. As I was doing research for this message, I came across something that a pastor once said with regards to this particular text, and I'm really glad that I came across it because, well, number one, it makes perfect sense, and number two, because up until that point, I had always thought a little bit differently about what Jesus meant by these words. The pastor made the point that gates never go on the attack. Gates never advance forward for battle. The gates never advance forward to try to infiltrate something else. No, gates are there to protect, and they are there to keep whatever is within safe and free from becoming infiltrated by whatever it is on the outside that is trying to attack it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against this rock, so says Jesus. The world that we live in, unfortunately, is filled with sin. And it is filled with darkness. A darkness that can seem, at times, impenetrable. Gates that can seem, at times, like there is no way that we are going, that, that, that light could ever get inside, that light could ever infiltrate this darkness. 
As the hymn says, number 645, churches and steeples are falling. Every day there is another church somewhere that closes its doors. And the ministry of the gospel, seemingly, is hindered by that. Is not able to make its full advancement because that church in particular has closed. Marriages, families, and relationships are crumbling too. There, all of us, I'm sure, uh, know people, perhaps even ourselves, that their marriage just isn't where we want it to be at. That perhaps their families are just breaking apart, falling apart, that they are falling because of whatever it is that has happened. That our relationships are falling apart because of this or that, or because of what he said or she said, or what he did do or what she didn't do, or whatever the case might be. This past year at the seminary, the most exciting day for any seminarian is call day, because that is the day that we find out where it is that we're going to be sent. And most guys have a pretty good idea of where they're going to be sent, and some guys uh, just absolutely have no idea, and so they get up there and somebody says, St. Petersburg, Florida, and off they go. This past year at the seminary continued a disturbing trend. There were not enough pastors to fill the calls that are available. There are many churches that, while they may not have crumbled yet, they don't have a pastor. Because there are not enough men going to the seminaries and not enough men that want to be pastors, or at least ones that, that want to go through what it is that you have to go through, the financial obligations for it, obviously all of the schooling that goes along with it. But there were not enough pastors to fill the number of calls that are available, and this has been happening for probably the last five to six, maybe even seven years, that this has been the case. There are moments in our lives, situations, occasions that we find ourselves in which for one reason or another we just fail to talk about the hope that we have. We can make up different things that have happened, well it just wasn't the right time, or well I didn't, I was afraid of what they would say, or I just, well I'll just, I'll just try, to, try to talk to them about this faith that I have or this hope that I have at a different time when it sort of makes more sense. In the world that we live in, in the country that we live in, unfortunately, having and holding and keeping to a biblical worldview leads to condemnation. If you believe that the Bible is without error and everything that is inside of Scripture is perfect and does not contain anything in it that is wrong, well, then you are simply thought of as weird and not with it and just not with the times. 
even sometimes people can go so far as to say as, as you are, you are prejudiced or, or you are, are just simply a bigot because you are not willing to conform. When you hold to a biblical worldview, that means that you believe that the Bible is without error. And when God said in the Old Testament, you will not change anything in this, not one word or, or one letter in this, you believe that when God said that, that he meant it. And so we don't. We believe that the scripture is without error. We believe that the scripture is the source and norm of the faith in Jesus that we have. Or, you go to a church that is caved in, and has said, well, we know, we know what the Bible says, but, you know, that was, that was written a while ago, and things are different now, and, you know, we just, we, we, we want to make sure that, 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 that we are as open to everybody as, as we possibly can be, so... So this is actually okay now, and that is actually not what Jesus meant, and so on and so on. And if you don't conform to that, then condemnation eventually happens. The darkness seems impenetrable. The gates of hell it seems as though there's nothing that is happening against them, that, that there's no attack that is happening against them, no battering ram, no anything that is trying to break those gates. A really amazing thing happened this, this past week that I'm sure all of you are aware of, the solar eclipse. How, how, how many of you saw that? I did. My, my eyes hurt afterwards, but I, I saw it. What I found to be the most incredible thing about the eclipse was not so much that it doesn't happen very often, but, when, but here in Missouri, in Freistadt, all of us at the, at the school went over and we had our glasses on and we looked up and it was, and it was neat and it, and, it was, and it was cool. And from what I understand, here in this area, we were at 95% of, to, of the total eclipse. 95%. I was under the assumption that at 95%, it'd be pretty dark. But it wasn't. The power of the sun's brightness and the power of the sun's rays was so is so incredibly bright and is so incredibly powerful that even at 95% of it being blocked out, I could still very much see the hand that was in front of my face. I could see the students that were all looking up towards it, trying to catch a glimpse of this eclipse. At 95%, you could see everything. I was even told, and I, and I was made aware of the fact that for those that went to wherever it was that you had to go to to see the eclipse in its totality at 100%, it was described as twilight. There was still a little light, even at 100%. And I thought, man, that's really cool. 
it seems as though the darkness is impenetrable. Go back to your hymn with me, number 645. Verse 2, surely in temples made with hands, God the Most High is not dwelling. High above earth his temple stands, all earthly temples excelling. Yet he who dwells in heaven above chooses to live with us in love, making our bodies his temple. We are God's house of living stones, built for his own habitation. He, through baptismal grace, us owns, heirs of his wondrous salvation. Here we, uh, were we but two, his name to tell, if he would deign with us to dwell, with all his grace and his favor. It might seem that the darkness of this world that we live in is an impenetrable darkness. It might seem that there is nothing that can break through the gates of hell. It might seem like that. But do you realize that every single time that the gospel is proclaimed, and is spoken, words that you heard right here, do you realize that every single time that those words are spoken, in, that you hear in your ears, and then faith is created or sustained, every single time is a battering ram on the gates of hell. And it keeps hammering away, and it keeps hammering away, and it keeps hammering away. Every single time that we as Trinity Lutheran Church or another church has the opportunity to baptize yet another child of God, a battering ram is hitting on the gates of hell. Another child, another person that has been brought out of darkness and as God's word said, has been brought into his marvelous light. Every time that missionaries are sent out, Lutherans in Africa that we're going to be hearing about in a few weeks, every time that missionaries are sent out with the gospel to proclaim and to teach and to translate and to do all of those things, every single time that that happens, the gates of hell are smashed and destroyed. Every time that you and I and Christians around the world participate in the very body and blood of Jesus, the gates of hell are destroyed. Go back to your text with me. Let's look at this one more time before we close. Verse 18. I will tell you, Jesus says, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so, Dad, what is the church? The church is me. The church is you. The church is the gospel that brings us together each and every time where two or more are gathered in the name of Jesus. It is the gospel that calls them there. And every single time that that happens, the gates of hell are obliterated are destroyed, are smashed. They are blown to smithereens. Use whatever phrase that you want, but they are broken down. And the light 
which, no, which according to John chapter 1, the light which no darkness can overcome, the light which no darkness has overcome, Jesus Christ breaks into the darkness. And the gates of, of, of hell surely cannot even come close to sustaining the light that is so bright that even, even the slightest sliver of light is enough to light the entire darkness. I want to close by going back to our hymn. Look now at verse 5. We will sing this at the end of our service. Grant then, O God, your will be done, that when the church bells are ringing, many in, sa may, many in saving faith may come, where Christ his message is bringing, I know my own, my own know me. You, not the world, my face shall see. My peace I leave with you. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Nicene Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and one Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God. Light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sets at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. This time we will gather our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill out that red sign-in book. Uh, if you are a member or a guest with us, please fill that out and uh, perhaps provide us with some contact information so that we might be able to reach you. Uh, and also, those who received the red books on the window, please send it back towards the aisle uh, so that the person on the inside of the aisle just tear off that top page, set it on top of the red book so that the elders can pick it up after we worship here. So with that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The Board of Education would like to invite members to help teach Sunday School. 
as a teacher on a rotating basis with the current teachers are to sub occasionally for our teachers when they need to be gone. Classes include preschool through second grade, third through sixth, and the junior senior high school classes. Please prayerfully consider serving in this capacity and contact John Kleibaker, Vaughn Hansen, or Katrina McBlair. The Ladies' Aid will meet on Thursday, September the 7th in the Fellowship Hall at 1.30. Choir practices have been canceled for Wednesday, September the 6th. Next practice will be on Wednesday, September the 20th at 6.30 p.m. Feel free to come and join us. Pastor Jake is starting a class for new and prospective members on September the 10th at 8.45 a.m. in the chapel. Trinity's Children's Sunday School and Adult Bible Classes meet at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday in the school. A men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. We will now rejoin the congregation in the celebration of Holy Communion. our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First, for those who are listed on our health list, from Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Marilyn Stewart, Elmer Kaiser, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan Haynes, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, and Catherine James, who is undergoing medical tests. Also for uh, the family of Carolyn Cly Baker, upon the death of her mother, we pray God's consolation, uh, um, consolation and peace to be upon them. Also, uh, for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, for John and June Fritz, who will be celebrating 57 years of marriage on September the 2nd. So with that, we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your promises. We thank you, Lord, that you make promises to us. Lord, Lord promises that, that you have Fulfilled promises that you continue to fulfill and promises, Lord, that you will fulfill. We thank you, Lord, that even when it seems that the darkness of this world is just, is just too thick, it is too impenetrable, 
that the gates of hell just seem like it, we just that your gospel and your truth just can't not seem to break through. We thank you, Lord, that your promise has said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against your truth, against your gospel, the same truth that calls each and every one of us here. Help us, Lord, to always look to that truth in everything that we think, do, and say. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for the nation and the world that we live in. Lord, we, we, we pray special prayers for all, for all those affected by the hurricane in Texas. And we ask, Lord, that, that the damage would be as minimal as possible. Lord, that, there, uh, that the loss of life would be as minimal as possible. And Lord, for all those who need to go back home and put back together their lives, we pray that by your Spirit that you would draw them close to you. And Lord, we, uh, we pray also for all of our churches who are, uh, who are and have been in the path as well. Uh, Lord, may they seek you in all things. May they find refuge in you. Lord, also for those who uh, make and, 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 who make and administer the laws uh, that we have of this nation and this world that we live in, we pray, Lord, that you would give us wise and faithful and God-fearing leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we also lift up a special prayer for all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray especially, Lord, for all those who we have listed on our health list. Lord, also for Carolyn's family upon the death of her mother. Lord, wrap your loving arms around her and her family, and may they find consolation and peace through your Holy Spirit. Lord, also for Catherine, we ask, Lord, that you would be with her and her family as she undergoes these medical tests. Lord, uh, be with her doctors as they work with her to find the best course of treatment. And Lord, also for all those that we know who are suffering, that we name before you in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, also for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, especially, Lord, for John and June upon, uh, upon their 57th year of marriage coming on September the 2nd. Lord, we give you thanks for them, and we ask that you would keep them close to you during this next year. May they draw closer to one another, uh, Lord, as they continue to live as husband and wife in the example that you have set for us, uh, for you and your church. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of Holy Communion that is here before us. We give you thanks, Lord, that in, with, and under the bread and the wine, that we receive your true body and your true blood for the forgiveness of our sins, for the redemption of our souls. And Lord, we ask that uh, that we would approach your table this day with penitent hearts as we look forward to this gift that you have for us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, also we give you thanks that our principal, Amanda, has finished her colloquy class, and we pray, Lord, for devoters men that we are about to have, and we ask, Lord, that, that you would guide us um, in this 
vote and this decision to officially call her, Lord, and we give you thanks that you have brought her and us this far. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assault of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly instructed. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Take and eat. This is my true body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, 
shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us. Do the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless me, the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Darren Shane.
Again, thank you to all of you for coming to worship with us today. Uh, at this time, we're going to take just uh, five minutes to sort of get everything prepared for uh, the voters' assembly meeting that, is, that will happen shortly. Uh, voters, please hang around so that we can vote on these things and um, get everything completed, and then we can go on about our day. <laughs> 